course, in wartime, some things must be kept secret. Whose side are you on, anyway? It's the principal. Said the peacekeeper, who fails to keep the peace. This effort is no longer profitable! Welcome to the Star Wars Brothers Podcast. I'm Cliff Boyd, and I'm here with John Boyd. Hey, hey. And Drew Shepard. Hey. <laughs> this week, we're going to talk about three episodes, two arcs. Um, again, I still... Do, we need to come to a consensus. Do we? If it's one episode, is it still an arc? That's sure. not an important question. I don't know but. that that's for us to decide, is it? That's for the, uh, the arc creators. I don't know. well see i don't know that yeah i don't know if the original creators said we're going to do this like organize this by arcs because some of the arcs are all mixed up anyway right so this is sort of an after the fact thing where some fans went in and and organized everything by arc because they thought there'd be a better way to watch it or at least that website that i found it so we're going to call it an arc from here on out i'm just going to call it an arc even if it's just one episode it's going to be a, a series arc okay so uh, two arcs this week. The first one's Bounty Hunter and Bounty Hunters is the name of the arc the, and the name of the episode. And then the, uh, the second arc is the Zillow Beast Duology. So uh, let's, just, let's just dive right in. Oh, John, by the way, do you want to explain to everybody where you've been for the last two weeks? Well, I had to go to the Tashi station to pick up some power converters. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bounty Hunters. Uh, Obi-Wan, <laughs> Anakin, and Ahsoka uh, get shot down on a planet with a little helpless farming community on it. And they are being extorted by some pirates. Those pirates have hired, uh, or excuse me, the farmers have hired four bounty hunters to help them fight off the pirates. And so when the Jedi crew shows up, they discover that these locals and the bounty hunters are in way over their head considering who they are facing. It ends actually ends up being Hondo from one of the previous arcs. And so the Jedi help the locals train, uh, learn how to fight. And then they all team up together against Hondo and his pirates until Hondo decides it's not worth it anymore and leaves. So that's the short version of, uh, of what happened, which I guess is, is what a summary is, right? It's always a short version, hopefully. I mean, I guess your summary could be longer than the episode if you were really bad at it, but that was shorter. (laughs) Hey, uh, did you guys notice at the beginning of the episode that there were these massive beasts right when they first crash landed? Do you remember? Just these massive massive beasts. I don't even know how to describe them. Uh, Sort of like huge gorilla rhino monster creatures that were walking by. And uh, that's a bad way to describe them. I really don't know how to describe Sort of lizard-like maybe as well. And, and they mentioned, they were like, oh, oh, be quiet. They're walking by. I kept waiting for those guys to come back in, and we never saw them again. That was it. That's right. We didn't. Just Something. saw them right at the beginning and never heard from them. I don't know if I ever see those beasts in your mouth. They were awesome looking. <laughs> I was excited about them. Oh, I man, look at these guys. Now that you mentioned that, I don't even know really how that was a plot device in the entire thing. Like, it yeah. never... <laughs> I mean, other than <laughs> slowing them down for about 20, unless the creator's like, listen, we need 20 more seconds to film this episode. <laughs> like, what do you got? Like, we're, <laughs> we're 20 seconds short. What can we do? <laughs> Some guy's like, oh, I've been working on this cool design. 
<laughs> if you're they listening might be able to play podcast. a really big role in the series at some point. Be like, yeah, we'll use them. We'll use them. 20 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're listening oh, okay. to this podcast and you know when they come into play at some other time, please let us know because I'm, I'm kind of curious. Now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I keep wondering. And, and I, I wonder in this episode, I wondered a bunch of the episodes. I'm like, really like that thing. I really like this character. And I'm just like, I'm so afraid this is the only time we're ever going to see him. So, uh, anyway. But we cool, get to uh, see Hondo again, so it's definitely not the last time we get to see him. Yeah, yeah. And, and we know, again, as we've mentioned before, Hondo is an animatronic at Galaxy's Edge, so I'm sure he plays a more and more significant role in the series as we go on. Um, what do you guys think about Hondo in this episode? Did this episode do anything to further his character and develop him at all? I like Hondo. I really do. And I know we've talked about accents before, so I'm not going <laughs> to dwell on accents, but I really like his accent. And I'm, Hondo, I can't even do it. I can't do it. But yeah, it was fantastic. I like, it um, I like trying to think I can, but um, <laughs> I mean, he's a really cool pirate. And I have to say, he's not, when you think of good and bad, I, he's definitely an antagonist. But to say that he is, you know, evil, I don't necessarily put him in that category. So some of the times I find myself rooting for him a little bit just because he is kind of, he is that pirate. You know, when you think of, you know, Captain Jack Sparrow, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean, he's a pirate. He is, quote, you know, to civilized society, the bad guy. And that's sort well, of- Wait, wait, me. wait, wait. Oh, okay. I'll stop. No, Jack Sparrow <laughs> has redeeming qualities. Like Jack Sparrow is a good guy and he does good things. What has Hondo done that's, that's good? What? Okay, just well, by one the thing, fact one, of how one cool his thing. accent is, that is a redeeming quality. <laughs> just his accent. They're like, well, he's extorting these local people, but he's got a cool accent. Well, Jack Sparrow has a good accent. Anybody who gets in the way of his problem, but he's got a cool accent, so he must be good. <laughs> it's like when, you know, if you're getting robbed by a British person, I'll be just like, yeah, how much more money do you Just want? take my money. Yeah. Your credit is so awesome. I love it. <laughs> Trim, sorry to interrupt. I just don't know if Hondo's done anything good. He's only done evil, horrible things so far. Horrible? I mean, yeah. how many people has Hondo killed? Do we know? Hondo is willing to kill anybody. Willing, but has he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he's got to him. He's got to him. He just, just does everything for profit. If, it, if it's going to make him money. Yeah, that's a pirate. He's willing to do it. Kind of like, uh, like Cad Bane was. He's not any better than Cad Bane. Cad Bane was evil too. I mean, but I don't Cad know. Hondo has sounded evil, and, and Cad Bane's <laughs> done worse things than Hondo has. He was willing to. He was willing to cross some lines that that uh, that we haven't necessarily seen Hondo cross yet. So he he can definitely hold his own against a Jedi. Yeah. In in combat with a uh, electric two headed spear thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And not many people can can fight off a Jedi. Although I, I'm becoming more and more, um, I'm realizing that in this series, there's actually a lot of people that can contend with the Jedi. <laughs> because if they couldn't, it'd be kind of boring, you know? Like, oh, for power, everybody. Poor droids. Uh, they never can, though. I just feel bad for them. Oh, no, a Jedi. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, last week, I loved some, I don't know, if, I don't remember if I mentioned it, but I loved some of that droid banter. Um, he said, 
whenever uh, Cad Bane left him in the bridge, I know I'm going back, but whenever Cad Bane left the, the two droids in the bridge and um, one of them said, you're leaving us in the bridge against the Jedi. Um, <laughs> and, and what did he say? He said, but there's four of us and only two of them. And the guy goes, it won't matter. I love the droids. No droids in these episodes, really, except for a little bit, little bit in the battles uh, at the beginning of this one and, and the beginning of the next one. But, um, so these while bounty hunters. That, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll just say while we're on that scene, um, Apondo fighting Anakin. Is it is it against Jedi? Mm, what's the word? Protocol. Policy, protocol policy yeah. to. Um, uh cut down really annoying alien monkeys that are getting in your way the entire time you're trying to fight him. Exactly. I was, I was definitely waiting for him to go ahead and kill that little guy. I was like, can we just slice this in half? Oh, is that yeah. animal cruelty to Jedi? I, I don't know. <laughs> right. Where is that line? Is he the last of his species? Uh, no, he's not. He's the, same, he's the same one that's on Jabba. He's the same kind of creature that hangs out with Jabba. That's true. Uh, Maybe Hondo has one. the male, Jabba has the female. They have to keep him. That's right. <laughs> can't kill this one it's the last female <laughs> if it reproduces why would that be good I don't know but <laughs> well wait we're getting ahead of ourselves we're getting ahead of ourselves <laughs> <laughs> so what about the uh, what about the bounty hunters we had four bounty hunters and I wrote down their names because you know I, I have a feeling we're not going to see any of them again I kind of hope we do a, one or two of them but um but I want to talk about him here. Sugi? If I get any of the names wrong, y'all can correct me, but I'm pretty sure y'all won't even know that I've gotten them wrong. Sugi is the girl that had the little horns coming out of her head. And she, she was kind of giving me a, she was like a mix between a, like a Darth Maul and a Ventress to me. Kind of like a combination of those two in their design. I kind of wondered if she might be the same race as Darth Maul, but she definitely didn't have as, as sharp face paint. Is that does Darth is, is Darth Maul's face paint? Is that like his skin color, or is that something they do? Does he just like to wear thick makeup? I don't know. Okay, I guess we'll, maybe we'll find out because I know maybe. Darth Maul comes in and plays a role here later on. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can't help it. He's like on. He's like one of the main. <laughs> main you click people on that Disney you see Plus, on and there he is. I'm like, <laughs> I did not want to. Yeah, that's this. right. That's right. Uh. What'd you guys think about Sugi? Suji? Sugi? I thought they made a, a good point to develop her character to where initially I didn't know what to think of her, um, that she was just a, a bounty hunter just out for the money. But by the end of the episode, I thought that, you know, she had a little bit more heart than maybe I was giving her credit for in the beginning, that she actually did have a plan to help save the villagers uh, to, to a degree. So Yeah. Cool. So they she continues to change my idea of kind of what a bounty hunter is in the star Wars universe. I know a few weeks ago I was like, this isn't good. These bounty hunters shouldn't be helping Jedi's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, bounty hunters are the ones you have to tell not to disintegrate anyone. Um, but that's, that's not the case uh, here. And, and really these, it, they're not doing any bounty hunting. Uh, they're more mercenaries, I guess you'd say here. Uh, and so I guess a bounty hunter in star Wars is, is just a mercenary and they're not all uh, terrible people that will disintegrate without warning. Yeah, we actually saw that. Remember, the Jedi hired him to help train the clones. So. Yeah. Right. And that's what I was referring to when, when that episode, when we reviewed that one, talked about that one. Right. 
uh, it bothered me that yeah, yeah, they yeah, weren't right. these ruthless people. Uh, I'm becoming more accepting of it, uh, specifically based off of this episode as well. Okay, we had Imbo was the second of the uh, bounty hunters. Now, Imbo was the guy with the uh, uh, the big wide brim casa, you know, like the Japanese straw hats. I'm not that smart. I looked up what, what they're called. But you know where the, the guys are in the fields that are working, like the Japanese farmers, I guess, where I'm, I'm probably really butchering Japanese culture here, so I apologize. <laughs> the stereotypical rice anybody's... paddy hat. <laughs> I don't think anybody's listening from Japan yet, so maybe we're safe. <laughs> but anyway, he's got this big old wide brim Japanese looking. Uh, makes me think of samurais, but probably just a farming hat to keep the sun off you. Um, now nah, he was cool. I really liked in, in the battle where they were shooting a blaster at him and he just like sticks his head down. It wasn't just there for decoration. It's like he, he's blocking blaster shots with it. And then he does like a, a ninja charge or a samurai charge um, at the guy. And uh, that was cool. That was and cool. then he threw like it like Captain America at one time. Oh, um, I missed. I, I don't remember that. So, That's I mean, cool. he was probably my favorite of the bounty hunters. Honestly, I liked him. A lot. Yeah, definitely. And when he, uh, when he was gunned down, um, I, I did think it was kind of strange. Uh, Anakin's reaction to that. Uh, what was his name again? Imbo? Imbo. He, he gets hit and Anakin's like, Imbo! <laughs> and it, you know, it's like, ah, you've grown quite attached to this guy with a big hat <laughs> over the last 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, like in the, uh, uh, you know, in the, 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 a new hope when Obi-Wan gets killed. Right. Obi-Wan. <laughs> Aunt and uncle. Nah, but Obi-Wan, I've known you for like two days. So I'm really going to get torn up about that. <laughs> You've been that crazy, creepy man in the mountains. I've wanted to know you for so long, <laughs> but I guess if he doesn't make friends easily, then uh, it's pretty traumatic when one of them gets killed. So who Anakin or Luke, Luke, Oh, so yeah. I mean, out there in the moisture farms, you don't mm. get to meet many people. Maybe. Well, he's he's got friends. You remember when he wants to go to Tashi Station to pick up some power converters? Uncle Owen says, "Well, you can go waste time with your friends later, or something like that." Right, right. And maybe that was just a dig at him because he didn't really have friends. <laughs> <laughs> All of his friends were droids. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like well, they got burned to a crisp, but they were kind of jerks. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually like a Harry Potter with the Dursleys or a Matilda like character. <laughs> so much for making me sleep under the stairs. <laughs> I'll show you. <laughs> well, that explains it. How many That's stories can we like butcher in, in <laughs> seconds? <laughs> uh, uh, Sir Seripas, I think maybe. I don't know. S E R I P A S is what Wikipedia said uh, it, this other guy's spelling was um, looks like a robot and you, can, you you go in, you're thinking, okay, maybe some kind of droid or something. It's got like a medieval helmet with some light up eyes inside. And then at some point, uh, Soka saves him from getting crushed by a tree and his helmet pops off and you, you realize that there's a little dude in there controlling this little mini mech. I thought that was pretty cool. And then he gets all timid, like, oh, I don't look very intimidating, do I? <laughs> that was silly, but uh, pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Little alien man. He gave me, a, he gave me piglet vibes. 
I thought it was a total rip on Men in Black, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, you know, if you've seen Men in Black, just I think there's one or two people. Like, I mean, that's the main plot of the first one is that tiny alien in the in the body with a you know he's controlling the guy and from the face. I'm like, wait, this is Men in Black. Here. <laughs> All right, and then we had this other one. I just thought for a while I was thinking there were only three, and I was like, wait, four? There were four? Who's this other one? Do y'all remember the fourth? I did not know there was a fourth until you said that. John, any memory of the fourth? I can't picture him right now. Okay, the name is Rumi Paramita, and he was just a, a, a boring, skinny alien they were padding out the numbers with. So, okay, nothing memorable at all about this guy that I, you know, that I remember anyway. So that's why you don't remember it. Now, this episode was was strangely got a little deja vu while I was watching it. We've seen this before. Yeah. Bounty hunters coming in and training a local tribe to face it, face up against their oppressors. They gave kudos right at the beginning. What's that? They gave kudos right at the beginning. To what? Akira Kurosawa. I don't know what you just said. Akira, John, John, help me out here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So So at the very beginning, Go back and watch it. It said, in memory of or dedicated to oh, um, right. Akira Kurosawa. Okay. Akira Kurosawa was a, a famous Japanese movie director. Um, the most famous of his movies was called Seven Samurai. Hmm, I've heard of that. Which is literally what this episode was all about. Oh, and that is okay. why I was so into it. I mean, okay. Some amazing, like Seven Samurai, Rashomon, those are his two biggest ones. Um, I, I, those are great films. If you ever Drew, it's a good thing you're here. <laughs> well, <laughs> well I'm, a, I'm a big fan of, of like older movies, so it, it really yeah. resonated with me. And I mean, if you've probably heard of Magnificent Seven, um, oh yeah so Western. that is actually the remake was a remake of the original magnificent seven which was an americanized version of like seven an homage Samurai. cool mm. so, yeah i've heard I've, that seems like i've heard that before it's pretty neat it reminded me of the <clears throat> spoiler alert if you haven't seen the mandalorian there's a mandalorian episode that's pretty much identical to this where they uh, a couple bounty hunters go in and train a local tribe of people mm-hmm. to fight against their oppressors. Yeah. So that's yeah, cool. I was in. Anything else on this arc? They like their crash landings, don't they? <laughs> yeah. It's a good plot device. <laughs> like what how do we introduce this pods? completely random? Oh, the bouncy ones. Yeah. Those like cool. bouncy balls. <laughs> that's right. Real reason. And can always crash again. lands. Now we know. Yeah. Yep. It was when they find a different kind of ship or something that happens to have the bouncy ball escape pods or what? Yeah, is it looked, just like this would like, be fun. <laughs> looked like a, a fish or something. The ship okay. did, and you know, bouncy ball escape pods only available in that that ship, I guess. Yeah, seems like only a, in this model. <laughs> seems like a, a pretty dumb design, but you know, whatever. Will we will we see bouncy escape pods again? I will bouncy so. escape pods find their way into the? the live action films <laughs> chances are right. there'll be a crash landing again so <laughs> all right let's rate it john you go first uh five it was okay. it was all right nothing uh fantastic for me 
Um, Drew? I loved it. I'm saying an eight. That's partly because of I do love what it was based off of. And so I fully put that out there, but I enjoyed it. Sounds like, sounds like we need to go watch seven samurai, John. Yeah, absolutely. I'll give it a six. That means I liked it, but you know, it's at the bottom of the, the episodes that I like, but I didn't know the connection. It just felt a little bit, uh, it just, it just didn't do a lot overall to the plot. If I'd known it was an homage and had connection to the seven samurai, I bet I would have enjoyed it a whole lot more. Cause that's, that's apparently what they were trying to do. The focus was not on like, we're going to develop characters. We're, we're going to, you know, maybe I, I kind of hope we see. I, so I'd really like to see the hat bounty hunter again. Imbo really love it. If he comes back, cause he was super cool. Seripas, uh, I'd be okay seeing him again. The guy in the armor and then the, the girl mall lady. I, I don't care about seeing her again. And then the, obviously the, the other, meaningless bounty hunter definitely don't care about seeing that one again in fact if we see him again him her whatever it was uh i i won't even notice you like who's this i don't know <laughs> i guess we've never seen them before so <laughs> uh, but i'd like to see embo come back all right zillow beast duology 218 and 219 this takes place on Malastair, and we have the Jedi that are fighting alongside the, I think you say um, the, the Doge people. They are Dugs or Doge, D-O-G-E, Doge. I bet it's Doge. I don't know. Sebulba creatures. <laughs> mm-hmm. The Sebulba race. Uh, now, uh, hopefully you have a mental picture in your mind of, of who, who we're dealing with here. So we're on their home planet of Malastair, and there's this new proton electro proton bomb that the uh, Republic is going to test out against the droid separatist forces that apparently won't hurt anyone except for the droids. Um, But then when they drop it, there's like this massive explosion that could obviously hurt people that are not droids. (laughs) (laughs) But then after the explosion, there's a big electromagnetic pulse that basically just wipes the whole army out. So Will we see it again? I don't know, but it works pretty well. Um, anyway, there's this huge hole in the ground afterward because apparently they're, they're fighting on top of this, uh, this sort of cave system underneath them. And uh, buried away inside that cave system for generations has been the mighty Zillow Beast. So this huge monster kills a bunch of clones. Uh, they, Anakin fights it. and Lightsabers are completely useless against them. Mace Windu wants to take it and send it to the Outer Rim. And it's obviously a threat to the, uh, the Doge people, Doge people. But uh, the, the Doge people have some history. And they've, they've heard about these creatures before. And there's a legend that one of them is going to come back someday and wipe them out or, or attack them or something. And so they want to kill it. So they start pouring gasoline on it. And it climbs out of the hole and attacks them. But then the Jedi shock it until it's exhausted. And then Palpatine comes in and orders that it be brought to Coruscant. So they bring this, the mighty Zillow beast to Coruscant uh, and they have him all tied down. Uh, they get, they get a scientist lady on it and Palpatine orders her to kill the beast, kill the beast. And uh, <laughs> he wants to basically research the scale armor on it and see if they can use that, incorporate that into their the development of their own troops and tanks and whatever, because it's something that 
even lightsabers can't pierce, right? So that'd be a pretty effective, effective weapon, um, or effective uh, armor for their forces. So it gets away and starts attacking the city, gets mad, sees Palpatine, hears what Palpatine's saying about it. We kind of get the idea that maybe this thing has some conception of what's happening here and who's responsible for it. And so he, it, when he gets away, he starts just running through the city, tearing things up. But he's not just destroying the city. He is on the prowl trying to hunt down Palpatine and take him out. He's got a grudge. He wants to kill this, this dude that ordered his death. Turns out that he's extremely strong, even when there's a whole slew of Jedi fighting him all at once because he stands up against Yoda and Mace Windu and a whole bunch of others that are all fighting him at the same time. But at the end of the day, uh, they use the old Malastare fuel toxin trick to kill it. Palpatine gets saved. And then he tells the scientist lady to clone the Zillow Beast. All credits. What do you guys think Palpatine has planned here? Why does he want to clone this thing? He's sad that he got rid of the last one. <laughs> Just sad. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it's not good if Palpatine's got a plan for it. Um, but, I mean, if you could release a few of them in a city, uh, yeah. they had a hard enough time getting one of them down. Uh, it could definitely cause some havoc. All right, so this yeah. first episode was called Zillow Beast. The second episode here in this duology was called Zillow Beast Strikes Back. So maybe eventually we'll get the return of the Zillow Beast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he's just doing it because he wants to develop armor <laughs> or if he actually wants to release these things and use them in battle. But I really hope he clones them and releases them in battle because I want to see some more of Zillow Beast action. I love this. <laughs> I love this arc. I just, I love huge monster creatures, uh, kaiju battles. And and these this Zilla beast I thought was super cool. I liked his design. I liked the way he moved. I liked the uh, way he looked. Uh, I liked how strong he was. I liked these the you know the mysterious level of intelligence that he may or may not have. A lot of cool things about the Zilla beast in this arc. Well, stay tuned for uh, the rise of the Zilla beast. <laughs> and then and then the last Zilla beast. <laughs> <laughs> The Phantom Zillow Beast. <laughs> uh, be good. Zillow Beast, a Star Wars story. So he was very Godzilla, like uh, in yeah. his uh, in the sounds he made. And then I don't know if that was on purpose. I mean, uh, Godzilla, Z I L L A, and Zillow, Z I L L O. Yeah, that um, was on purpose. And. Uh, so I don't know. And then, you know, I, I couldn't help but wonder, hey, you just blew up one section of Earth on this entire planet and a Zillow beast came out of the ground. Uh, are you sure it's the last one? <laughs> or are they, like, are they like ants under the ground of this planet? Yeah, just um, hibernating. Right, right. So it's the last known one. Um, but it was... Uh, I, hope it, I hope it was the baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, Cliff. <laughs> <laughs> how tall would you say it was i, I mean that, it was pretty tall like tall how many stories tall oh that was probably was like huge seven or eight stories tall right pretty oh it's more than that monster you think so it was huge i think it was massive okay he was running all up and down the back of it yeah that's true i feel like there were scenes where it was smaller 
Because remember, he's fighting against the tank. I thought, well, he's big, but like he was maybe triple the size of the tanks. But then when he's attacking the city, they're like little ants running across his mm-hmm. right. <laughs> they weren't really necessarily consistent with Azilovy's size there. Uh, I hope we see him again. There's been, there've been so far. There've been some pretty good payoffs. Uh, we had the return of Hondo in the last arc. Um, we had what was the the name of that the the blue Jedi that fought with Yoda on the back of the Zilla Beast in this arc? We've seen her before. Zilla Beast, not a her before. I don't. Remember. Well, maybe could have been a her before. We think Zilla Zilla Beast herbivore or omnivore, or what's the other one? Carnivore. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah, herbivore, <or> carnivore, <laughs> or omnivore. <laughs> Jediivore. We never saw him eat, did we? Uh huh. Maybe they're just nice, just provoked, right? Got woken up after <laughs> hundreds of years. <laughs> yeah, you destroyed my nab, my nab zone. <laughs> it was interesting to me at the very start of the Zilla Beast episode how they had to get the Supreme Chancellor's approval to use the bomb. I found that interesting. Um, hmm. Like you're just using, you know, basically a EMP bomb, but it's against machines. So, you know, it's, it's not like really we're killing organic organisms, just inorganic. The exact opposite of what we saw like a few barks ago in the Sahara uh, with the ringtail lemurs. <laughs> um, so I, I found that interesting. Like, do, is this just for Palpatine's own power trip or is there some sort of Senate approval process where either testing out a new weapon. I don't know. I just found that weird that they're like, we have to get his approval before we do it. Well, they needed Palpatine to be aware of it so that he could order that he be sent to Coruscant. So it served an important, important plot purpose. It may not have actually anything to do with an underlying, you know, standard, but maybe it does. Maybe it does. Who knows? And kind of odd that you're going to test a weapon when you're trying to get somebody to sign a treaty. Uh, yeah, where yeah. where we've successfully taken out droid armies before, without testing a weapon. Uh, but again, uh, you know, a lot of things that go kind of crazy. I, I always think that well, Palpatine's probably behind it because he's been behind everything. Uh, yeah, and so you know, maybe he maybe he thought it would wake a Zillow Beast. That was his plan all along. Uh, go I also ahead and, think he knew of a Zillow Beast. That's. Uh, Maybe. And so that was his way of getting it. You know, hey, I'll have him go ahead and test the bomb. If the Zillow Beast is there, we'll wake it up. I'll get my own personal Zillow Beast. Um, and then I'll make baby Zillow Beasts later. You know, you mentioned that it reminded you of Godzilla. And it reminded me of Godzilla so much. But the other thing it reminded me of was Jurassic Park. I mean, you take the most dangerous creature in this universe and you throw it in the most populated city in the universe, and what can go wrong? You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You knew as soon as he said, send it to Coruscant, you knew what was going to go down. <laughs> yeah. Like, this can't end well. I mean, we all know this, right? <laughs> the EMP reminded me of the malvolence weapon. No, malvolence, malevolence. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What is it, guys? I can't remember. Yeah, malevolence. Malevolence. <laughs> malevolence weapon. Remember the EMP blast that took out all the electronics on the ship? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Maybe further evidence that Palpatine's behind this thing because same technology on both sides, right? 
Yeah. I did think it was cool how it affected Anakin's hand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, kind of shocked it a little bit there and had some electricity going. So sure. That was, that was very cool. Very cool. Cause it ties right into the fact that was it Dooku? Did Dooku chop off his arm? Is that what it was? At the end of Attack of the Clones, I think Dooku, yeah, Dooku his arm took his arm right yep. before Yoda came to save, came in to save the day. Yep. One thing that I noticed here that I really did find interesting too was the interaction. I enjoyed getting to see this interaction between Anakin and Padme. And again, I'm just watching this. I'm just saying, wow, like, you two have nothing in common. How, how are you still? A co- I mean, other than your past history and your physical attraction for each other, like you are a horrible couple. Like you can't agree on anything. It's so clear as day that Anakin is just wanting to take Palpatine's side. Like, yeah, Padme, you know, it's, it's kind of stupid. Let's just kill the thing and take it. And um, I mean, so like on big issues, you know, Padme, like her big hardline issues, he's, I mean, he's tiptoeing around, not trying to upset her, but it's, I mean, it's clear to the viewer what Anakin's position is here. And so I just find it interesting. Like, y'all are such a horrible couple for each other. Yeah, yep. definitely. Absolutely. And, and I mean, even from the movie, you know, they disagree on political things. They, uh, they disagree on the way to handle conflicts. It's, uh, it's the one thing right. that we're missing in this, in this series, though, is the creepy comments. We need more creepy comments from Anakin. Yeah, that's right. To really tie it in to the, you know, make it make it a, make it believable that he's the same character. The I've been I've been dreaming about you every night kind of stuff. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought you about beat you every day for eight years. Yeah, sometimes I watch you stuff, sleep yeah. at night. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the, the I'm, I'm going to block my camera. I'm, I didn't like you spying on me at night. It makes me <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, it's you know, okay. there is since everything that happens in that room. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. <laughs> um, so, so there is one point where it is, uh, it's Palpatine, Anakin, and Padme in that in that ship all together and the beast has them uh and 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 i think it's obi-wan was was talking about shooting at it and yoda basically says no we can't do that they're there uh just think of all the trouble they could have saved the universe if yoda had just gone ahead and let them shoot the zillow beast right there uh palpatine and vader and then the skywalkers you know they're they're gone now um so but nah, Palpatine, no. Palpatine would have made it. Yeah, Palpatine. if that was even the real Palpatine, you know, it could have been a. Uh, oh, that's true. Could have been a clone of him. But, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but actually you know, know Yoda, how many Palpatines there are. You know, uh, Yoda not having any idea what's to come um, is is saving the Empire right there um, from from becoming extremely powerful. Sure. You think the tanks would have worked? It worked the last time. So what? Just they would they would like just stun it, and then he would have dropped the ship, and that was the problem, right? Just, right, dropped the ship, or who knows what it could have done to the. Maybe ship. they could have gotten electrocuted by the by the huge energy right. beams and been hurt from that or something too. 
Maybe, maybe I'm off base here, but isn't that what a Jedi should have done? Like, let's in the cases where Anakin's made a poor decision to save Padme, you know, he will risk the greater good to save her. Shouldn't Yoda? I mean, according to their the philosophy, unless I'm missing something, shouldn't he have risked them in order to save, you know, the entire Coruscant planet? Wasn't that the greater good? Or am I off base there? Possibly, but he he also would have been it would have been his fault that the uh that the Chancellor Chance- died. Chancellor was dead. And then yeah. hey, Jedi are now blamed for killing Ch- the Chancellor. That's right. They were, and it wasn't just Jedi. It was the Jedi, a senator, and essentially right. the president. Right. I mean, if Trump is, if if Trump and um, Nancy Pelosi are in that ship together, you know, they're not shooting it down, no matter how much it helps the galaxy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We've gone so many weeks without making a political comment. <laughs> I, I I got both sides of it. You though. did. You did. That, that you was did. good. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Anakin then? Anakin. Uh, we better stop. <laughs> <laughs> and Joel Osteen. I mean. <laughs> All right. Uh, Drew. Give us. <laughs> You're like that's enough of that. Let's. <laughs> I'm sorry, what was the question? <laughs> your rating, your rating for the episode out of 10. Oh, I like this one again. I'm going to say eight. I like how there was, um, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of action. Honestly, I was really sad when the Zilla Beast died. I'm not going to lie. Like, I was yeah. upset. They did a good job at um, actually bringing emotions to the creature, even though you know he's destroying everything. But just how it turned out, it was um, sad in the end for me. The music during his death was good. Did y'all notice that the score that was kicking in? I, I want to go back and listen to it again. I thought it was, I thought it was really good score. I didn't go back and listen to it again, but I probably will at some point because I was really impressed by, uh, by the way that the way that it conveyed a certain emotion. Like you're, like you're talking about there, Drew, I'm giving it a nine out of 10. I'll tell you, throw a Kaiju in there and you're getting a point or two buff from me pretty much automatically. Uh, and it was well done besides that as well. So nine out of 10. We learned a lot about, well, we didn't learn a lot. We learned a little about Palpatine. Just got to see him be evil, I guess, which is fun. And uh, yeah, I just love huge monsters. John? I'm probably, uh, I'm probably a seven. Um, I did like uh, that Mace Windu, um, you know, if he hadn't spoken up, then they, they would have killed the, the beast right um kill the beast yeah (laughs) and i and i i did like that stance he took i mean i i don't think anybody else would have said anything nobody else kind of batted an eye really when they were talking about it um and everybody else was just in support of it but he was uh it's not the jedi way uh Mm. and so they didn't do it um yeah and uh maybe palpatine knew that that he would take that that stance on it uh, and knew that they could get it. He could get it to Coruscant that way. Um, but all those, those interest can see intricacies and, and Mace Windu reminded me a lot of the, uh, the, the Mace Windu from the movies here. Um, and so I definitely, uh, I mean, that helped it for me. Um, I, I give it a seven. 
I definitely started seeing how the tension between Mace Windu and Palpatine could build into what it is in episode three. Because obviously episode three, the Mace Windu Palpatine tension oh, yeah. you know, goes off the rails at one point. Um, and ends up being maybe even maybe even the instigator for the final it's like the final straw that that pulls Anakin over to the dark side is the way he sees Mace Windu or thinks he sees Mace Windu um, treating the Supreme Chancellor. Yeah. All right. But it is, it is interesting, you know, uh, bringing up episode three, Mace Windu was going to kill him without a trial. Uh, and that that's the stance Anakin took here. Uh, it's just some big beast that's terrorizing. Uh, and Mace Windu's, basically like no we got to save it it's not the right thing to do uh, so really almost maybe a shift that mace window goes through uh, in dealing with palpatine that, that finally brings him to that point well yeah but he also learns in that didn't he learn in that scene that he's a sith lord uh i believe so but still it, it was without a trial that was anakin's main stance was we got to put him on trial um but you know he is the senate so how's the trial gonna go that's right. Um, but. Do they have to put the Sith on trial? Like, I mean, say they capture Ventress, do they put her on trial? I mean, because it didn't really so, seem like they were too interested in, like, I don't know, putting Darth Maul on trial. <laughs> so beyond, beyond just a Sith, he's still, uh, like, the highest-ranking government official, right? Uh, and so I'm thinking, you know, you can't just just execute uh, a, a high-ranking government official because you find out that they are uh, uh, the enemy, you know? Uh, somebody can't just walk up and kill them. So, I don't know. And you definitely can't kill a giant Zillow beast that's destroying a colony because it's innocent. Yeah. And the last of its kind. Until those clones come along. That's right. <laughs> wonder if the baby Zillow beast will be as cute as the, uh, the baby Yoda's. Uh, uh, uh. Mandalorian season two. (laughs) It's a a tiny Zillow beast. (laughs) That would be so good. I hope they bring the Zillow beast into Mandalorian. Oh, that would be wonderful. They brought those huge mouth creatures. I forget. Bargs, blurgs, blurgs, blurgs. They brought them in from the Clone Wars into the the series. So there's there's a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. All right, next week. Uh, well, next next time we get back to this to, to the discussion of this series, I'll say, and I'll explain why that is in a minute. The, the next in line here is the second battle of Genosis, and it's season two, episodes four through eight. Now, that's five episodes, and like we talked about last week, we are cutting back a little bit on the amount that we're watching every week. Five might be a little much for us over the course of this next week, so we'll see. Uh, next week, if we... If we don't discuss that arc, because you know, because maybe we haven't time had all had time to 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 finish watching through it, um, we will probably do something, maybe, even if we're not discussing the arc. You know, we, we might do something unrelated to the Clone Wars or 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 whatever. It'll still be Star Wars related, um, if we don't have time to, to to watch through those. But that will be the uh, the next time we get back to this this Clone Wars discussion. We'll be discussing the second battle of Genosis. If you 
uh, would like to, you can follow us on Facebook. And we would love it if you would leave us a review on iTunes, a five-star review with uh, with lots of really awesome, nice things to say about how great we are. Um, we're all trying to quit our jobs and, and podcast full time now. <laughs> I already did. That's not the point. You already quit your job. <laughs> hey, for this. Right. For this. <laughs> okay. All right. For this, we're doing this full time now, guys. Our, you can. Uh, uh, John's going to set up a Patreon. Um, to feed his family. <laughs> no, this is all just for fun. Uh, thanks for listening. Akira Kurosawa. I don't know what you just said. And with that statement right there, we just lost whatever listener we had.